It is on! The earliest announcement ever for the biggest wellness summit on record. Get ready to join 1,000 wellness enthusiasts at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on Wait For It, new dates, September 10 and 11, 2016. Get ready to see your favourite wellness cash presenters as you've never seen them before. Regular tickets to the summit will be $297, but for a very limited time, up until Christmas, get your friends together for a special super early bird rate of five tickets for the price of two. That's less than 120 bucks per person, less than $10 per hour to experience over 16 hours of powerhouse wellness. And even better, every ticket goes in the drawer to have an incredible Christmas prize from the Wellness Couch, which is one ticket to the 2016 Wellness Breakthrough and a VIP upgrade to the summit. Wowee. Get your skates on folks and find four friends, book your tickets and automatically enter the drawer at www.thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Wonderful listeners, I'm Ashley and I'm Andrea and you're listening to The Wellness Women and this week we are going to go into something so time relevant and uh, of course if a silly season hasn't hit you just yet, Christmas is very close by. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are in chaos running around trying to get kids ready for the school holidays, buying presents and doing all of that and so in the spirit of this idea of you know Christmas time and giving and gift giving and uh, how we can uh, honour and create great experiences for our friends and family at this time of year and also ourselves, we're going to have a chat to uh, our lovely Dr. Andrea today because I'm actually going to do it first on the Wellnessman Radio. We're actually going to interview someone and it's our very own Dr. Andrea. And so uh, she's very embarrassed by this, but uh, I said, look, it's a good story. We have to share your stuff because... um, we didn't uh, go over it just yet, but some of you might have heard one of the latest episodes and Andrew was on her way to India because she was doing a wonderful mission trip over there. And I'm going to get her to tell you more about this because in the essence of understanding, you know, why as human beings we have a desire to give and, you know, what's in it for us and what value we can give to others. Um, for some people, it means traveling the world to do the great work that they believe in. And for others, it can just be in your own home or in your own, you know, community doing small things often. And it doesn't matter where it comes from but that's coming from a space of generosity and love and um, this week we're going to talk about some of the great things you can do at Christmas time to enhance your generosity and love um, to make alternative gift options that are actually really relevant um, that will uphold your values and beliefs as well without you know falling into the consumerist trap of just junk presence and you know unfortunately the marketing and media forces us to do that pretty well um, and obviously great ways to connect with your family so, welcome back, Andrea. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's definitely good to be back. Um, it was an incredible trip. Uh, I've literally just got back. Um, I've been in India for the last three weeks, and we were over there with uh, an organization called Hands on India. So it's a mission trip over there. Uh, we're in a region called Siliguri, which is in the northeast corner of India. So it's uh, really close to the border of Bangladesh and Nepal. And it is a sort of quote-unquote rural area, but there's about 4 million people in Siliguri, which is 
interesting for a, a country with 1.2 million people. So I guess 4 million, 1.2 billion people, I guess 4 million is, you know, classes rule. It is slums. It's, it's part of, you know, there's, there's big slum areas there and the people in that region are the absolute poorest of the poor. Okay. So that's obviously, you know, sets the scene there, but why India? Why did you want to go there? What, what did you think you were going to get out of that trip? This is the second time I've gone. The first time um, I was hoping to get a bit of a reality check, which I certainly got. I wanted, I've always had a desire to help those less fortunate than me. Um, I've always been fairly empathetic. One of my, I guess, life purposes is to help to end the unnecessary suffering of others. Um, and I, I felt like that was a really good step forward into that. So, you know, it wasn't too long a time commitment where I could go over and experience a third world country in the slums with people who are literally the most destitute in, on, on the face of the planet and in a way that I could help them with the skills that I have um, and, and that's what we do. So it's a chiropractic mission trip over there and we also raise money all year that then supports the the community for the following year. So we've built five schools over there, we pay for teacher salaries, we've bought, built a community centre, we pay for electricity for that, um, we've built, uh, started women's empowerment groups with microeconomic loans for the women there, uh, which is pretty phenomenal, but I'll go into a little bit more into that uh, a bit later. Um, but I'm not sure if anyone is actually aware, India is has a sect society, so there are certain levels of, of where you sit within that society. It's, it's like a class system. And you don't move up or down. So whatever you're born into, that is your reality. Which for us here in Australia can be quite hard to understand, isn't it? Because we have been founded on this Australian value that um, we're a land of opportunity. Yes. And that if we work hard enough and have enough desire, passion, you know, and put enough hard work in, we can rise to the top. And we see that examples around that all the time, you know, fishermen who started small and have incredible companies. I mean, on the West Coast here, we always have a, a laugh driving down the West Coast Highway because some of the biggest mansions are owned by the lobster fishermen from <laughs> up north, and you, and they start humble beginnings. Yeah. One man, one boat, you know, and a few cray pots, and here they are with these multi-million dollar waterfront mansions, and this whole idea of being able to overcome your education standards, your educational levels, and move into a life above what you might have been born into is normal to us as Australia. But obviously in India, yeah. this caste system um, really does keep people where they belong according to their customs yes. and really creates subcultures of what I know has been termed untouchables. Yes, exactly. People who, uh... who don't deserve to be touched, don't deserve to be looked after. You wouldn't even treat your family dog as badly as these people are treated. Is that true? They're essentially not considered human beings. So there's a Incredible. lot of uh, illegal immigrants in that area because of the two bordering countries. Yes. Um, and because of, you know, the war that was uh, between Bangladesh and Pakistan in the 60s. And so there's, there's a whole bunch of refugees there too. Um, human trafficking is a really So 40 issue. years later, we've still got refugees sitting yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to fathom from an Australian point of view isn't it yeah so here we are not a product of our circumstance there they are subject to their circumstance to their caste that they're born born into and if you are part of the untouchables you don't even fall within that caste system and these are most of the people that we're working with um and it's it's pretty heart-wrenching um must have been incredibly humbling and um heartbreaking 
Some of, the, some of the things were, so, you know, a typical day for us is we would uh, break off into our groups, we'd go out into the communities um, where they had been advertising for months and months of our arrival and we would give, you know, basic health care and chiropractic care to these people who most of them have never been touched before in their life. Um, we also screen for, uh, you know, disease prevention and that sort of thing as well. We saw things over there that you would never see in Western society. Um, there was a lot of active TB. Um, oh, that's tuberculosis. Yeah, a lot of uh, active tuberculosis. Um, and, you know, a lot of these people don't even know that they have these conditions because there is no available healthcare in that region. Um, we worm all the kids <laughs> that we see, you know, that's that's a really important part of, you know, just their nutritional development. Uh, I remember there was a little boy there that I remember from three years ago when I was there. And when I saw him three years ago he had a fractured forearm and so we dealt with that and then I saw him again this year and I recognized him straight away because he hadn't changed in three years in the sense that he hadn't grown in three years well so because of the malnourishment and poor living conditions he'd failed to thrive yeah exactly wow that's very true of the babies there as well um and you know some of the some of the diseases and the conditions we see. Like I said, you would never ever ever see here, and it's it's pretty heartbreaking. Um, you know these people barely have enough money to feed themselves, let alone their families, mm. um, and so there's no chance that they could possibly afford afford medication for a condition that they might have, or you know afford more nutritious food or anything like that so it's it's a really interesting wake-up call and especially at this time of the year yeah um, well look this episode's not you know to depress you um, <laughs> our wonderful listeners and um, look if you've been listening a couple of episodes you might perceive what i'm sort of perceiving here too there's a real energy shift in andrea and you can really sort of sense that even the way she's talking today very humbled very reflective and you know so from that point it's so important in in the world the way it is right now and today you know um, i mean i literally sort of say so many people are filled with fear this this like i mean one of them is the rise of the sort of islamic apocalypse that we all hear about front page media you know paris attacks attacks all over the place mm-hmm. um you know and we're sort of saying oh this could happen here to me you know um war on terror 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 being thrown around all the time um what was the greatest experience you had when you were in india and what good lesson did that create or what experience that created in you you know what did you bring home that you said wow okay i'm committed to do something different or, or to change oh look just the reality check you know these people have nothing but they are for the most part really happy um they don't know what they don't have you know there's not a huge media influence there so they're not subject to mass amounts of commercialism and consumerism um Mm. because they don't get all the advertisements so much uh a lot of them can't read or write anyway so they wouldn't be able to read you know oh you need the latest whatever it is yeah um and the fact that they have this sense of community so, you know, if someone doesn't have something, then, you know, they, they will help each other out. And it certainly is uh, a tribe or a community that raises a child there, which is really lovely. Um, and also just seeing that humanity in these people, um, being able to connect with them when we can't speak the language, mm. um, even though we did have translators, but being able to make eye contact with them and smile at them and, you know, connect with them on that level and that just speaks volumes and a lot of them are not given that kind of time or respect or you know no one ever builds rapport with them on that level so just that 
you know, getting back in touch with your own humanity certainly was was certainly the biggest lesson and that's huge too isn't it i mean that idea that uh, it's not always about what you say to others it's yeah. often about what you do it's the body language it's the you know the connection yeah. and the integrity and how you do those things that's incredible um i guess you know now that you've come back to australia obviously a bit of adjustments required explain <laughs> what's happened you know how has that felt to you it's been a really interesting recalibration process since I've been back and I knew it would be and it was last time as well but this time it was a bit harder a bit harder than last um I think the time of year that I'm returning to you know western society is quite interesting uh as soon as I got off the plane there was christmas decorations everywhere <laughs> and the damned christmas jingles going <laughs> in every shop in every exactly. street yeah 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 and um, you know, there's so much advertising for everything and, you know, I don't have a TV, so I get to miss out on a lot of that, which is really great, but just the amount of stuff and crap. And I mean, I know I was only away for three weeks, but that's enough time to really shift your perspective. Uh, and that recalibration process has been difficult in the sense that I'm a little bit more intolerant at the moment to... Uh, first world drama I guess you could say and which is creating you know some issues because I couldn't you know look at Facebook for example for the first couple of days that I was back because it was just so inconsequential and it wasn't real and um, you know driving down the street with all the, the adverts for such opulence and such abundance that we have here and we complain about so much stuff when we we all need a bit of a reality check um and it's not really fair on my friends to bring that to them <laughs> yeah and look how but, many of our listeners are probably sitting there right now sort of recalling maybe times in their life where they've experienced that i mean it could just be um uh in australia rural trip uh you know into the remoter communities of australia and just recognizing the difference in housing and availability of services you know even just the simplicity of water electricity um certainty you know you're not sure when you turn a tap on whether the water's going to run is the tank empty is the tank you know full um and how many of us you know have these moments in our life and it could be when we're younger or older it doesn't matter it just can come up at any time where we're forced to reflect on this notion that the grass is always greener you know do I need a bigger house should I have a fancier car do I need to give the kids more presents or will this be enough or you know their friends are getting so many presents for their birthday but I only gave them this I don't feel like I'm a good enough parent or good enough mother you know I didn't give them enough um god these these questions come up so often don't they and how many times you know in a month week in a year do you have to reflect on those moments of am I being excessive am I spoiling my children by giving them too much you know am I being too frugal I'm not giving enough um is you know is my desire to have a bigger house you know just because i'm being greedy and selfish and want more or is it because i genuinely need it or it's because i've earned it because i've worked really hard and i've created the wealth and assets and i deserve this wealth and therefore with more wealth i can give more to others so it's an incredibly powerful cycle to put yourself into a wealth position because with more you can give more you know it's yeah there's exactly. so many questions it raises isn't it and i don't think there is a right or wrong answer to certainly not there's questions. definitely not and i think that um that guilt associated with it is the downfall so if you're feeling guilty about it then you need to touch in with that and what is that guilt where is that coming from is it you know if you want to go and buy something you work hard you deserve it that's okay but let it be the be all and end all of that rather than i need this because i will then have xyz social standing like seriously who cares <laughs> yeah and, and, and how important is that in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things uh we actually had our our practice um 
Christmas party on the weekend and we all decided that we would um, do a bit of a gag gift. Uh, you know, everyone puts in 20 bucks, buy a gag gift and it's like a secret Santa type situation. We agreed on this before I went to India. When I came back, we had our Christmas party on Saturday night. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't go and buy a couple of gag gifts and spend money on stupid stuff. Um, so instead I donated to charity. Definitely brought down the mood of yeah, the night. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd that go? Because people yeah. suddenly go, oh, that's not, that's not fun. But where's the fun in that? You know, give it to someone else. What, what's in it for me? Where's my present? Yeah, and it was definitely definitely brought down the mood of the night. Everyone was great sports about it, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, that's something that I need to respect as well. We'd made this agreement, this commitment, and I didn't, didn't keep up with it. I think that, you know, my contribution is, is so much more relevant. But, you know, that's the thing. It's... Yeah. Two, two different worlds and I've sort of got one foot in at the moment. Um, and this time and of year is so important to understand that too because there's going to be things where social expectation drives you out the door to the shops to get what you think others think they need and they want and that's really important to honour their needs if they yes. have asked for something and you know you've got a child's wish list and you think, great. you know. But this is a really big thing too. Um, a Santa wish list is not an order form. <laughs> You know, and I sort of say to people, like, just because your child says, I want this, 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 and this, uh, a wish list is not an order form. And if we get through this idea, you shouldn't feel guilty. If you decide to get two out of the 10 things on that wish list, we need to create and nurture this idea of gratitude in our children that they got two out of those 10 things, not, I didn't get eight, I wanted those other eight things. And I mean, how many parents are stressing out right now thinking, oh my gosh, because realistically, there's a lot of things that kids are asking for, we just can't afford. If you have one, two, three, four, five children and you have to have four, eight hundred thousand dollars worth of gifts for each child, it is such a incredibly expensive and stressful time of year just on the financial front for a lot of families um and then the question is for people who have a lot what else do they need you know our adult children you know myself my asked me what do you want i'm like honestly what i want is what i buy for myself i earn my own living i have my own income there's enough stuff in my house i don't want more stuff if anything i'm consciously decluttering all the time because i don't want to keep adding more stuff into my life so she asked for you know what do you want and i'm like oh, i don't know dinner voucher like i just want something maybe experience instead um and you know i thought it was really great because during the year my mum's been doing some incredible fundraising for a wonderful women's charity foundation um it's through an organization called the Tabitha Foundation, founded by a beautiful lady, Jan Riskus, and they have a foundation for the No Tep Women's Hospital in Cambodia. Beautiful. And it's an enormous project. I mean, we they need huge amounts of funding. It's not government supported because women in Cambodia don't really mean that much. So if they're sick, unwell, have cancer, you just go to your house and you pass away that's kind of how it is but you know this uh, lovely wonderful work group of women decided that's not okay because in their own homes in their own communities they can get help if they need it and then they go overseas and these women can't access help that they deserve and they need so they've started this charity and look this year was the buying a brick so my mom's going to have the same experience as you had where she's bought family members in our house a brick in this hospital which you buy for a certain value and you buy this brick as part of the foundation building of the, the hospital. But I'm going to be curious to see how people respond to that because you know even though it's a very valuable gift in terms of the monetary value mum's values are to give to others yes so that the community of the world gets better and yeah and you're spot on there it's that's your mum's values yeah and then 
when she is gifting this to others, is that going to sit within their value spectrum? Um, when I got back from India last time, one of the hardest things I found over there was actually not only the poverty and the suffering of the people, but the animals as well. And, you know, for anyone who's been listening to this for a while knows that my dog is... Uh, You're you quite know, a joy. Yeah, he's, you know, baby. He's, he's the top of my priority list. And so I found the the dogs and the suffering that they go through over there so heart-wrenching um we were driving along in one of our jeeps one day and there was a dog running beside the car and it was missing half its skull and i was sort of looking at it and you can't your eyes can't believe what you're looking at and you sort of just go okay i'm going to file that away for later and try and process that you know later um and it's not necessarily that there's cruelty to animals happening there but it's just they have a very different association with with animals um in in the indian culture which is absolutely fine but the street dog situation is um, horrendous so some of my friends uh for christmas donated money in my name to a street dog charity there where they desex deworm um and treat you know a certain amount of dogs for that money um and that was you know, still one of the most special gifts that I've ever received. And then for my birthday this year, um, one of my best friends uh, adopted an elephant um, for me in Africa. (laughs) Fantastic. And, you know, that speaks to my values, whereas that may not speak to somebody else's. Certainly. Yeah, if you you gave me, you know, desexing dogs in India gift (laughs) voucher, um, I probably wouldn't have too much attachment. Damn, I need to return your gift. (laughs) (laughs) My first thought would be, oh, that's nice. Um, But, you know, like not that it was what's in it for me, but more to the point of like, I don't know anything about dogs or animals, that I have any pets. How is that even relevant to my life? Um, But you know what? At the same time, this is the time of year. You know, giving makes us feel happy. You know, it's a lot to do about... And they often say that giving, you know, giving is receiving. And to a huge degree it is. We give because we get something back from that, whether it be social status because we've gifted to a large charity and we get our name on the wall, Mm -hmm. whether we give because in return we feel good because we see the joy in someone else's life, whether we give because we want recognition for that gifting, that, you know, we're honoured because we did something good for others, or whether we give secretly and quietly because it's just that little internal self-satisfaction that, you know, you're putting your place in the world and you're doing what you're here to do. Um, But giving always has a return. And, I mean, there was a 2008 study by Harvard Business School and they were talking about how giving money to someone else lifted their happiness more than it was spending it on themselves. And so, you know, that's just so profound because at this time of year when we're all expected to, you know, have a joyful Merry Christmas, um, one of the best ways to do that will be to find ways to give in loving service. Yeah, I And agree. I think that, you know, looking out for ways you can do this is so vital to the health and happiness of yourself as a woman. You know, it's part of that maternal instinct to give, to create community, to nurture and to love. And not honouring that can often be the biggest um, disconnect between how you feel around a festive time of the year, whether it be your own birthday or Christmas celebrations. Um, Some people are going to feel disconnected anyway because of religious reasons. And Christmas doesn't mean a whole world to them at all because it's just not within their values to turn this thing into a big commercial giant when really it had a religious foundation to it from the the outset so you know there's got to be ways you find and if that means going to you know church to honor the regular services that mean more to you than it is to put lots of presents under the christmas tree make sure this year you make it i guess a conscious effort to get to the core of your roots of what you believe in and honor that you know make a conscious effort this year to say you know what 
I agree with those girls. I'm not giving away all this junky, crappy stuff that I don't really feel is part of my, my health and happiness. And I really don't mind if those people don't think that my gift is what they need, but at least honor your own values as well in that process as as much as being aware of someone else's values. I think that's probably the big one there. And I think if that you're confused about that or this time is really stressful, I think getting back into that attitude of you know, attitude of gratitude and really taking stock of the gifts that you have in your life already so, really helps to illuminate the fact that you don't actually need anything. You know, we have everything that yes. we could possibly need and it's more of a want. And also elevating your children to that as well and empowering them and what are you grateful for and helping them early on to see that they have so much and they have so much to be grateful for. And then the Christmas gift giving is much more inconsequential because anything that they could possibly need, they already have. So anything on top of that is just... A bonus. A bonus, yeah. Yeah, a wonderful bonus. Look, I mean, honestly, I'm sure some of you have had this experience where you've gone to a lot of effort. You've hand-selected some beautiful present. You've lovingly wrapped it. You've written a beautiful card with a lovely message. And you've had a gift exchange at Christmas time under the Christmas tree where you give your gift away, you know, Secret Santa comes up and, and you get your gift in return. And it's totally not into the keeping of what you gave. Like it's either value-wise, just so much less value. You know, you spent $100 on something and what you got back was like $10 something that you really don't care about. And it almost builds this feeling of resentment. Why did I put in so much effort? Why should I care so much? And that's the moment where you need to like click out of it, catch yourself and say, hang on. It's in the spirit of giving. What's in it for me is that I gave because that's what makes me feel good. I gave to the value I believe in. And that's not someone else's values too. So just remember when there's gift exchanges, if you don't get quite as much back as what you expected, expectations can be really dangerous. Don't let that fall into resentment. Don't judge others for that experience because you know what? We all have our different uh, levels of of gifting and experiences. And you know what? I remember years ago, um, one of the most gorgeous things I got from one of my clients at work was not anything particularly valuable, but she hand crocheted this little like flower button thing I didn't even know what to do with it but the way she gave it to me with so much love and like passion in the way that she'd she'd really thought about this and it was the color she knew I'd love the color and you know all oh, I could just beautiful. be yeah and I thought yeah. well what am I going to do with this jolly crocheted flower where, where do you put this thing I don't is it a brooch is it a, a pin in your hair I don't know what it is actually but all I could say was thank you because I knew she thought about something that meant something to her, whether I could use it or not. It doesn't didn't bother me. And it was really one of those gifts I'll always remember because she did her best. Yeah, that's you know, this beautiful. little old lady did her best with the resources she had. I knew she was a pensioner. There was, you know, I didn't even expect a gift and I got this little crocheted flower. So, you know. That, that is beautiful. Albeit purple. Purple's not my favourite colour, but it didn't matter. It was, it was the gift that, that mattered. You know, she thought I liked purple because I once wore a purple top and I just loved that. Oh, I thought, isn't oh, that beautiful? The only purple top I have in my whole wardrobe. <laughs> but you know she's paying that attention to detail and that's exactly. really sweet and around yeah. this time of year that expectation is what leads to that discontent and especially when you know you're about to go to big family gatherings with 17 other people and you're expecting there to be chaos or drama or you're expecting you know xyz food or this type of presence and that is absolutely what leads to disappointment is having that preconceived idea as to what other people are supposed to do for you 
So, you know, ditching those out the door and kind of uh, taking stock of why you have those expectations in the first place and also understanding that you can't control anybody else but yourself but you can control your reaction to that situation and especially if there's any family drama around Christmas which there always seems to be no matter what even with everyone with the best of intentions just taking stock of your position in that and your reactability to that is all you can control Everything else yeah. is out of your control. It's out of your hands. Yeah, which uh, is that classic example of that sphere of influence. You know, yeah. your bubble, what you have control over, you know, what's outside of you that you have an influence but no control over, and then something's outside of that which you have no influence and no control over the whole scenario. So really just focus on what you do have control over. If you feel, you know, that uh, really exorbitant, generous gift is what you want to give, don't be ashamed or embarrassed by it. You're thinking it's too much. Or if you're expecting something, you know, bigger in return, just be gentle with your own expectations on things. And of course, you know, as well, we're going to give you some ideas of maybe some alternative Christmas ideas, just to see if they resonate with your values, whether they are for people in your life that you think, oh gosh, actually that would be really, that would be their kind of thing. Um, where would we start? Let's have a look. I think, you know, when we talk about giving alternative gift ideas, alternative should be mainstream as I believe in medical terms as well. You know, alternative <laughs> practitioners shouldn't be alternative. We should just be mainstream part of the system that uh, helps people get well. So, you know, that's why we believe in, uh, in options and alternative gifts could be things like creating experiences. And I'm really big on experiences. I think that, you know, if you can give a gift where someone can try something new that they've never tried or go to their favorite restaurant and it's on your shout, I mean, how awesome is that? Or to, you know, go, it doesn't have to be a ticket to anything in particular. It could be something that they, um, is down the road that, you know, helping them be a tourist in their own city. Like if someone gave me two tickets to the, the zoo, I'd be like, cool, I haven't been to the zoo before, but something's just held me back from going. Maybe because I didn't feel I had the time or didn't want to spend that kind of money to go and see some animals in a cage. Um, but either way, it's an experience that I would actually kind of find pretty cool. This is fabulous. You're giving me Christmas gift ideas for you. <laughs> yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> just, you know, just those, those sort of abstract ideas, because a lot of us always think of Christmas as a tangible gift. We have to get something off the shelf. It has to be, you know, we have to walk into dusk and buy, you know, a really gorgeous candle. We have to, we have to get an actual physical thing. But I mean, I don't know, you know, as listeners, how many things in your life do you have exact connection to time, place, when you got it, who you got it from compared to the experiences someone made for you and the emotion around that experience, the, the feelings you had, the happiness, the laughter, um, you know, you can always remember that moment where, where someone sent you somewhere and you thought, oh my God, I would never have done that, but gosh, that was great. Or invited you to an event that you would never have normally gone to. And you still reflect on that good, bad or otherwise, but at least you went and it still holds in your memory more so than the paperweight on your desk and you go hang on which person gave that to me you know 10 Christmases ago and I think depending on the receiver's value system if you know enough about them to kind of play into that the harmony of the holiday season will come down to whether or not you can tap into what their values are so obviously you know Ash for you it's certainly much more about experiences it's about doing things it's about those memories that you'll have from that event whereas other people you know part of their value system and what they actually respond to is receiving a tangible physical object true and you if know, you don't honor that they're going to feel pissed yeah. off <laughs> irrespective of whether or not it becomes a paperweight or they throw it out a year later it's that 
process or that ritual that they have of the unwrapping, the reading, the card, the acknowledgement of it, that is high up on their value list. So just take stock of that when you're planning, you know, the, the gifts for people, if that's what you're doing, because that will certainly create harmony within those relationships because you're honoring where they are good, bad or otherwise. Oh, true that. And that just reigns straight into that, you know, incredible book by um, Gary D. Chapman, The Five Love Languages. And, you know, we're going to do a whole episode on that because I just think it's so important to understand what your love languages are. And then hopefully with, you know, intimate relationship partners, you can then also discover what their love languages are, work out what your children, you know, and family members are, because then next year, Christmas giving is going to be so much easier because you'll have spent, uh, you know, the next six to 12 months working out, oh, wow, what's their love languages? What do they connect with? Um, Because it reminds me of that, you know, years ago, Valentine's Day, um, uh, a I say a want-to-be boyfriend um, because he <laughs> a wannabe, a wannabe boyfriend. He, he wasn't exactly, you know, at that stage just yet. Um, but you know, sent with a courier an enormous bunch of, you know, a dozen red roses to my front door. And instead of being, you know, squealing and excited, I was absolutely mortified. You're not really a squealing kind of person. Eh? No, but you know, like I'm expecting, like if someone does something really. Like over the top Valentine's Day, expensive bunch of roses, beautiful chocolates delivered to your door. I mean, to most people, that is like, oh my God, love my life. They are so amazing. Like how generous and how beautiful. Because it really is a generous and beautiful gesture. It was very much in his values. That's what he loved to do. Mm-hmm. For me, it was over the top in my face. Um, I was totally embarrassed by it because all my family, they went, oh, so who's this? And I was just like, <laughs> oh, squirting inside. Um, because he didn't yet know what my love languages were, you know, and I've got a couple of layers to them but there's certainly dominant layers there however had he you know sent just a card with a few gorgeous words in it I think he'd have won me over well and surely so easily so that tells me right there that your love language is not necessarily receiving gifts it's more words of affirmation or acts of service yes Um, and you know what this would actually be a great gift idea for people is actually gifting them the book the five love languages by by Gary Chapman Um, so so that's another we can put on the list yes put that uh, put that book on your list your five love languages because there will be some people in life that would just go wow that's so incredible it's such an enlightening read to understand and to realize all the um, I guess positive experiences of gifting or you know relationship experiences and the and communication yeah why it worked yeah but also all of the times it didn't work and you kind of reflect backwards and go oh my gosh totally understand why that relationship didn't work whether it be a friendship with another girlfriend or you know an intimate partner with a you know husband wife or whatever and they became exes there's often reasons for that. And I always say an ex is an ex for a reason, you know, and I, I always sort of say to people, yeah, like, you know, there shouldn't be situations of, you know, partner jealousy when you've still got an ex in your life. Um, and I hope that's not the case for a lot of people because exes are truly exes for a reason. They didn't resonate on some level and therefore we have chosen a different partner because they are more incongruent with our life and our values. It's certainly an episode all on top oh, stuff. Yeah, we're, we're, we're diving, we're diving emotionally, are we? <laughs> um, I love those ideas. So gifting an experience, uh, you know, books. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah things that we can learn. A wonderful idea. Uh, a girlfriend gave me a few years ago some handmade organic skincare products. Oh, handmade's beautiful. Yeah, Who doesn't love is, like a, a handmade beautiful. cake or a homemade jams and conserves? Things that are made out of someone's kitchen are pretty cool. What else do you love that's homemade? Oh, um, I mean, skincare products were awesome for me because I'm yeah. a cook, so that kind of 
you know, jams don't really do it for me. There you go. Great. I'm not going to make you jam, don't worry. Um, books for me are a big deal. I yep. love books, um, especially anything about, you know, women's health, um, you know, sexuality, any of those sort of topics that are really important to me right now. Um, my house is full of them. I can't fit any more in them. But, you know, that's what my friends keep buying me because I know that's high on my value list right now. Yeah. Um, and to me, gifting to charity is you know especially ones that are important to me like you know what i've what i've just mentioned uh is the best thing that someone could possibly do uh, mm. and that really resonates with me um because that's you know the, the top of my values especially at the moment yeah and certainly as well i mean as a family maybe the gift in itself could be service so visiting you know a nursing home or if you're allowed to a hospital someone in need you know maybe you know of someone's mother you know who's in a home they can't be there with her on that day but you think well look i'd love to drop in and just say hi you know merry christmas season's greetings bring a little gift that you've you know got nothing too outrageous just something that is a token gesture of your attention to to them to their their needs of being a human being love and attention special is that in you know this time where we're so connected via social media but sort of disconnected emotionally from each other and we don't have that sense of community or contact or connection anymore you know when was the last time you actually sat down with your group of friends without your phones on the table and made eye contact with them and really listened to what they were saying you know our attention spans are so short now um that connection over the holidays is more valuable than anything else, I think. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough to have both of my sisters home from the Northern Hemisphere this year for Christmas. Wow, exciting. Um, which I'm so excited about. So, you know, that connection for me is a gift right yeah. there. What other connections? I mean, there could be things like food service. You know, there's certainly many shelters who need extra hands on deck to help in kitchens or to serve or to be, you know, waitering at venues where, um, you know, people who are needy, lonely, homeless yeah. may require, you know, some of that loving spirit and at the shelters. time when uh, I think for many people it brings up a lot of pain. Yeah pain of losses, pain of people in their lives they've lost, pain of families that they may have been estranged from. There's also a lot of pain at Christmas and realising that that pain comes from, you know, loneliness and disconnect. You may change someone's, you know, week, month or year just by simply smiling and saying Merry Christmas. So, yeah. you know, be jolly, be cheerful. I don't, I'm not going to get into the whole political correctness of Merry Christmas versus season's <laughs> greetings. I know it's been in the newspapers. I'm like, oh, get over it. I'm very much into, you know, what? do what feels feels right to you. Yeah. Let's not worry about PC and all that sort of stuff. Let's just, if you feel like saying Merry Christmas to someone, don't worry whether they're, you know, black, white, Muslim, you know, <laughs> Christian. It doesn't matter. It's in the spirit and essence of giving. And when that's done genuinely, the words themselves don't mean a whole lot. It's, and the, it's the how core you of that is that you're wishing them well for the holiday season. Exactly. Irrespective of what their religious beliefs or values are. Yeah. It's that intention behind it that that is what is important. Um, so this week, challenge you, cultivate an energy of loving connect. When you see people on the street, when you talk to someone in passing, make eye contact. This is the really big one. Don't just brush away with a little greeting as you run past. Mm -hmm. Make eye contact and say to that person with genuine heart space, really center yourself and say, I wish you a really wonderful holiday season or Merry Christmas or season's greetings. I hope the new year is wonderful for you. Really start to use some words and some connection and some eye contact to enhance the giving in this Christmas spirit because it's not always about gifts. Yeah, It's and about the energy you share. The best place to practice this could possibly be in the big, uh, oh, what am I thinking of? Um, like the 
big stores. Um, oh, the shopping centres. Yeah, like the shopping centres. Oh. How about the staff on the tills? They the always throw away Merry Christmas around. but never look at you. Yeah. yeah. So make them look at you. Make make the till people on the cash registers make them look at you and say, I hope you have a Merry Christmas too. Because often they're just so into the program of clicking over Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, have a great Christmas, have a great Christmas, ching, 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 ching. Yeah. They've done a million transactions in one day and they are so fatigued with this idea of Christmas. Make them happy. And that, that will make their day. Yeah. Um, uh, and remember, if you're feeling the, the pressure of Christmas um, or just the holiday season, remember to take stock of the gifts that you already have in your life. You know, that attitude of gratitude will change your energy and your feeling of it instantly. Um, the being of service is the best way to elevate that, even if it just means within your household. You know, is there, you know, an elderly family member sitting over there in the corner who would love, you know, some support or a chat or do you need to go and play with the kids rather than, you know... Spend some time on Facebook. (laughs) Don't Get off Facebook. Go and uh, and spend some contact time. Yeah. Yeah. So connecting with your loved ones um, as best you can is absolutely the challenge. And try and think about what their value system is when gifting to them. Um, And trying to, you know, play into that because it will mean so much more. Yeah. And if you really don't have any idea what the value system is, then you're going to have to tune in next episode because we're going to have an incredible conversation and discussion about these five love languages. Honestly, when you learn this lesson, these ideas about these love languages will play on your, your mindset for the rest of your life. Absolutely. You'll always recognize these things in others. You'll always sort of honor yourself as well. You go, actually, no, this is what I need. You'll improve your relationships. You'll improve your connections to others. And you'll be that person who's just like nails it every time, who gives the gift that matters. And what a great thing leading into the new year is having a value system that you're aware of and what your value hierarchy is so that then leading into 2016, if you're making, you know, say news resolutions, you can totally rock them. doing something in accordance with your values so that you know that you can honor them rather than just superficial ones like this year I'll lose five kilos. If like totally successful resolutions as opposed to these ones we write down and do nothing with and wonder why on earth we keep putting them on the list year after year after year. So you'll just have to wait until next week to tune into that episode. Uh, but until then, uh, from, you know, both Ashley and I, we want to wish you a really Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. We hope hope that you get to spend um, some really quality time with your loved ones and you get to connect with them Um, and also to thank you all so much for your support over the last 16 weeks Uh, we've just saw that we are on the new and noteworthy list on itunes which is so amazing and i'm so grateful for that yeah Um, and that is all because of um, you know our amazing listener support so you know you women rock (laughs) yeah thank you and you know we just have so much fun doing this i guess you know um in the essence of giving we I guess gift these episodes you know we spend the time and energy doing this because we love so much knowing that even if there's one person out there that benefits from what we say we feel as though that's valuable and the most amazing thing is big shout out to a lovely couple who came into my practice this week Um, you guys will know who it is because I'm sure you'll listen to this eventually and they came in because they heard some of the things that we've been talking about and the integrity and passion in how we say things and they want to know more about their own health and their own life and they want to stress the boundary where they thought they could be and see what was possible for them and thank you i'm so glad you stepped forward you know if anyone else out there thinks oh look i'm, I'm not so sure maybe i'm going to get a health check in the new year maybe i should have a look at my body from a different angle maybe it's time for a spinal assessment to see whether my biostructural integrity is good or not so good and whether that's affecting my health 
make that a New Year's resolution. You know, connect with us. Come and talk to us. Ask us who in your area could be a great contact point for you because we're going to make sure we give you the best person possible to help you with your health needs. So if you do have anything with your health that you want to discover in the new year, please connect with us. Get in contact, private message, and we will get back to you and we'll make sure that you are put in touch with the best people near you to really rock 2016 with a great, healthy, happy start to the year. Yeah, we can't wait to hear from you. So you can find us on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash the wellness women or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. Um, and until then, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Be awesome. <laughs> See you guys. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.